hi my name is tiffany ampine and today we will be doing some thoughts the thought of battery now the first thing you must understand is that there is a larger umbrella it falls under the umbrella of the towards trespass now under trespass we have trespass to a piercing trespass to land and then trespass to shuttles or goods now under trespass to a person we have battery and we have assault and we also have unlawful imprisonment and the torch we'll be discussing today is battery so the question now becomes what is battery battery is any direct act of the defendant which negligently or intentionally causes physical contact on the body of the plaintiff on the body of the plaintiff so we are saying first of all it must be a direct act then it must have negligently or intentionally caused physical contact or physical brought about a physical touch on the body of the plaintiff now we look at the law of butchery and why is this law even in existence okay now what they're saying is that it protects a person it protects the integrity of that person's body and then it also protects from unauthorized invasion of one's body one's personal autonomy okay so they're saying that this law which is connected to battery the tort of battery is in place because it protects the sanctity of a person's personal space so you don't just invade my space and think it's okay there is a law to deal with you all right now each tort has its own constituent elements and it's, it's, it's something you must know it's just it's just a criminal law and the the, the the crime murder has constituent elements the crime of manslaughter has consequent elements constituent elements for battery which is a tort and we'll find also that battery is in criminal law but these are two different law situations the reason is battery under criminal law has totally different constituents than the one in tort and you must be able to differentiate when we're talking battery under tort and we're talking battery in criminal law now battery must have six elements now you must prove all six elements if you prove three you've not finished if you prove two you've not finished proving if you prove four you've not you must prove all six elements to be able to establish that the person is liable for the tort of battery and one of these elements is that the act must be direct the act must be direct you must also prove the state of mind of the defendant you must prove as well whether it was a voluntary act or not then you must prove a lack of consent a lack of consent finally physical not finally sorry fifth you must establish that there was physical contact and then finally for our sixth point that the act was a positive act and i'm about to explain all of these six elements in detail the first element that it must be a direct act what is a direct act you must prove that the injury was as a result of the direct act of the defendant it flows 
immediately if it does not flow immediately then it's not battery it must flow immediately out of the act of the defendant okay so let's look at this there's a case Scott and Shepherd now the case is about a man he threw a lighted squib in a market square or in a crowded place let me take back the market square a crowded place now when he threw the squib the first person that the squib got to took it in self-defense and threw it somewhere else another person took it self-defense threw it somewhere else and then finally the, the last person who threw it threw it and it ended up exploding in someone's face and he lost an eye now the the the, the it had to be established whether that whether his act was direct or not and they were saying the courts held that it was unlawful for him to throw the script in the first place and so any act was a continuation of his act he was the major act but every other act was in continuation of his act what they are saying had his act not happened that act would not have happened either so his act was had all the other people's things acts flowing immediately out of his first act and so what happened with the last person who threw it and then it exploded in the face of that unsuspecting man those people along the way are not to blame those people along the way are not at all to blame for what happened they were just acting out of self-defense and so that did not tend to break the chain of causation there was a dissenting opinion not to look at the unlawfulness of it but really to look at whether it was direct but to establish the direct act this case one of the very seminal cases authoritative scott and shepherd and you must read it there are other cases you can look at leon and bray and look at all of those 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 cases so they're saying that the immediate consequence of the defendant's act so i hit a horse and the horse throws the person that was riding on it off that person gets injured so your act of hitting the horse okay that's the defendant's act cause the horse to throw off the person that's the immediate consequence of his act so the person gets injured and it's a result of the immediate consequence of his act so let's take it again there is an act a direct act that act has an immediate consequence the result of that immediate consequence okay now they're saying that if it is not too remote it's probably a direct act and i think the horse hitting the horse is, is the is a very beautiful example because i'm sitting on a horse you are standing there you come and hit the horse say me i didn't hit you i hit the horse but you should know that the immediate consequence of your hitting the horse is that he may run off and do something silly and i'll fall off now i get injured because i fell off it's out of the immediate consequence of your direct act your act brought about an immediate consequence now after that immediate consequence i get injured Tada! you have done it it is your direct act okay so there are steps required in the chase of in the chain of causation for arriving at the defendant's act 